house lost, let me tell you something, you can walk out of here found and knowing the right way to go. If you came into this house hurt, you need a healing, you can walk out of this place made whole this morning. The Lord is in this house and he is moving, amen. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. As I pull up my notes here and I want you to get a scripture ready. If you want to turn there with me, have it ready in the book of Genesis. And we're going to look at chapter 25. Book of Genesis chapter 25 and we'll look at uh, the verses 29 through 34. Now that I'm using this iPad and I've got two little, to- uh, two little babies at home, uh, I have to double check that I'm not about to pull up Mickey Mouse or something. <laughs> uh, you think I'm kidding though. <laughs> you think I'm kidding. <laughs> but uh, before we get to that scripture, I, I do just want to um, kind of keep encouraging you and-, and telling you about the goodness of God and what he has been doing in this house and in different people's lives. Um, I tell you, and I'm sure pastor has many, many more stories than I do, but even just as the minister of music, people come up to me and tell me how uh, the Lord is moving in their household, that maybe a song touched their life, um, and that maybe a healing took place. Y'all, there has been a whole lot more of that lately. So there has been an outpouring of the Spirit going on right now, and I'm telling you, open up your hearts for what God is doing in this house. And, and, and let me speak against the devil for a moment because even me and, and my wife, Courtney, were talking at home about this great revival and, 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 and the move that God has in, in our house and across the country and the world that we're seeing. The enemy wants to try to get a hold of our spirit and say, it's going to pass. Be a little skeptical about it. No, let it pass. Let it pass. Don't listen to the enemy in that. Don't be skeptical. Don't be half in. Now's the time to be all in for God. And this revival is happening. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. The Lord is in the house and he is moving. Open up your heart and be ready for the word. I've been, I've been all excited about this word. I feel like God is, has anointing on this word. But last Sunday was not the right time. Amen. We touched heaven last Sunday and worship was going on and people were getting filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, and praise the Lord for his moving. But I do believe that now is the time. Because I also think that throughout this week, God was kind of working on me and maybe changing this up a little bit and working on it and kind of polishing up and getting it right. So pray with me this morning and stretch your hand forward and pray with me that I would get myself out of the way and that we would let the Lord speak in this house today. Pray and agree with me this morning. Father, we thank you so much for your presence and we worship you, God, for who you are. You are good and righteous, Lord, and there is none beside you. Lord, I ask you a special blessing over this message today. Lord, let me get myself out of the way, God. Let this teaching not be of human wisdom, but of power and of demonstration of the Holy Spirit, that it would touch the lives in this room. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And amen and amen. Throughout this year, we have started with our vision, find your why that in the Lord we have a why and we need to ask those questions why do I worship why do I pray why do I come to church why do I need to go to work and do my thing ask why and if you've noticed I believe we had them out in the foyer today the question 
and the exclamation point that as we're going with this vision of find your why that we have out there, that we start with this question, but we're getting to this exclamation point of declaration. We're starting with a question of asking God why, and he's going to give us the answer. And we're in this process right now and in this teaching, and I believe that God is going to show us our why. And let me tell you something, as many people we have today We all start living out our why, not just find it, but live out our why. The Lord is going to do something mighty in Gallia County and all the areas around this place. Amen? So find your why and live out your why. This morning, God has given me a message, though, and and they've got the title up on the screen, because in this process that we are finding our why, I want to talk about a trap this morning, and I want to title it this, Don't Sell Your Why. We're going to read today in Genesis chapter 25, and we're going to start in verse 29. The scripture says this, Now Jacob cooked a stew, and Esau came in from the field and was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, Please feed me with that same red stew, for I am weary. Therefore his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, Sell me your birthright as of this day. And Esau said, look, I'm about to die. So what is the, this birthright to me? Then Jacob said, swear to me this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank, rose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. If you're not familiar with, with this account in Scripture, uh, Esau and Jacob were these twin brothers, okay? And they were what I would say is kind of polar opposites, all right? Polar opposites. Right now in my house, I got the one that's just under two, and he is rambunctious and into everything and got the toddler who's six weeks old. I'm kind of hoping they're, po- to- they're polar opposites, all right? I'm hoping this one comes out real sweet and innocent. And kinda... But these two brothers... <laughs> These two brothers were polar opposites, okay? Uh, They were twin brothers, Esau, the firstborn. um, But just to even give you a hint at what Jacob's personality was going to be like, even at birth, Jacob was holding on to Esau's heel, saying basically, pull me out, brother. Pull me out. Pull me out. (laughs) And so you have Jacob and Esau. Esau, the oldest one. And Esau, I would describe him. Some of my men give me a little whoop, whoop. I would describe him as a man's man. All right, he was a man's man. Came out and said that he was red, hairy, which actually Esau means hairy, okay? So he was just, and he was a wandering hunter, all right? If it would have been nowadays, he would have been sponsored by Mossy Oak, you know what I mean? He was a man's, he was a man's man. This was Esau, firstborn. He had the birthright. We'll get into that here in just a minute. But then you had, then you had Jacob. Now, Jacob, as I said, you know, he was holding Esau's heel even from birth, kind of symbolized what he would be the rest of his life. Jacob's name, some might say it means deceiver. It really means supplanter or basically like a substitute of superiority, so to speak, that even though Esau was the firstborn, Jacob, he was going to be superior to to Esau. And really, that's what we see later on in life is that if you know the full story of Jacob, God's promise and God's favor was on Jacob. And these two boys, they had a great ancestry, did they not? Their grandfather being Abraham, their father being Isaac, mother Rebekah, 
And now you've got these two boys. That's a great mantle to be passed down from Abraham to Isaac, and God's favor was going to be upon Jacob. So we get to this account in Scripture, and on this day, um, and I would on this day we get Jacob, and he's cooking a pot of soup. So Jacob was, uh, how should I say it? If Esau's a man's man, Jacob was a mama's boy. <laughs> It even talks about how Rebecca even loved him, you know, more so and, and, and kind of favored uh, Jacob. So Esau was a man's man. Jacob was a bit of a mama's boy. He knew his way around the kitchen. He was more of a shepherd rather than a hunter. So he's cooking this soup, and that's why I brought this bowl up. I didn't miss breakfast or anything, but he's cooking this bowl of soup. And it was not some spe- spectacular bowl of soup, let me tell you, okay? When I first read this scripture, and I'm like, man, it better have tasted real good, Esau, if you sold your birthright away. But this bowl of soup did not contain something fantastic. It was not lined in gold. I imagine it wasn't even had the silver spoon in it like I've got one here this morning. This bowl of soup was really known as red pottage. Sounds just scrumptious. (laughs) Red pottage, bowl of lentils. Red pottage, and, and, and you never heard it being used as like, hey man, I'm, you know, I'm having a Super Bowl party at my house, I've got red pottage tonight, come on over. Or you've never heard of us after, after service say, hey, we're going to gather in the Ed building, we're going to eat some red pottage. No, it can't be that good, all right? <laughs> can't be that good, didn't even make that cut, all right? But it was actually known as the poor man's meat. Poor man's meat because it had some protein in it. It was more like a bean slash pea soup, okay? So it wasn't wasn't great. But I'll tell you something. If you've ever been as desperate as Esau was to to be hungry, do I have some men in the house saying, I've been that hungry before, where a bowl of lentils sometimes can look like a a T-bone steak, amen? Listen, now I'm in a job of AC, praise the Lord, but I did spend six Six years on a horse farm, and I can remember the days getting out of the hay and whatnot, 95 degrees, getting home. It didn't matter if I had ramen noodles and, and, and uh, some red Kool-Aid, all right? I was going to eat it up. <laughs> and so he gets in from this day, and I can imagine, you know, this, the scripture doesn't tell us, but maybe this was like a, an unsuccessful hunt that Esau had, whatnot, but he comes in just weary, okay? He comes in desperate, he's hungry, and he sees Jacob eating a bowl of soup, and he's like, give me that soup. <laughs> give me that soup. And Jacob, seeing this, Jacob gives a condition. Jacob's condition was, listen, I'll give you this bowl of soup, but first, sell me your birthright. Now, just to put you in perspective what that means for Esau, being the the firstborn son, the birthright was a big deal, big deal. This was, first off, he was going to have double portion inheritance compared to everybody else. He was going to have more inheritance. He was going to have the, more important, so the headship or the leadership of the household when the father would pass and of a mantle from Abraham to Isaac to this generation, that's quite the authority and leadership. But that, that was his birthright, being the firstborn son. And, and now he gets to this point where he says, you know what, I, I love this picture, when he says in verse 32, look, I am about to die. I can just see Esau bent over, just over-exaggerated, 
I'm about to die. And then he goes on to say, so what is this birthright to me? See, Esau got caught up in what's familiar and comfortable and what was right in front of him. and wasn't thinking about his birthright. So he says, what's this birthright to me? So Jacob says, you know what? Swear to me that, that you'll sell me this birthright. And so that day, Esau despised his birthright for a bowl of soup. About a year and a half ago, Courtney and I traveled to uh, Asheville, North Carolina, and we got to see the largest home in America called the Biltmore. Has anybody ever heard of that before? The Biltmore. And if you've never seen it, it's a sight to see. It is, well, let me just give you some numbers on it. First off, you could probably fit my whole house in some of its bathrooms, all right? Even built in whatever, you know, the 1800s era, that it had its own indoor pool. It had, it had 175,000 square feet in the home. 35 bedrooms, 43 bathrooms, 65 fireplaces, and 75 acres of gardens. Now, we'll say that's a sight to see if you ever get to go. Those gardens are beautiful. And the total land of this was 8,000 acres overall. Now, when we got to the end of our tour, I like to joke with Courtney when we see things that are just insane like that, just, just crazy. And I got to the end, and I had $100 in my pocket, and I was looking at a worker, and I was like, will you take $100 for it? <laughs> I got it right here. I don't even think they batted an eye or even just chuckled. They just, I, maybe they get that a lot or whatever. But I was like, I give you $100 for it. Turns out, I think it's, it's like some you know, $100 million some dollars. It's crazy. It's crazy. The, but I was like, hey, I'll give you $100. Now, as silly as that sounds, can I put you in perspective that the difference in that transaction was greater when Esau was, was selling his birthright for a bowl of soup. And I can imagine that after the fact that Esau was probably pretty upset whenever he got hungry again or whenever he was eating that bowl of soup and he was like, about the third bite in, oh, this, this ain't that good after all. Boy, I shouldn't have made that trade. So here's what I want you to see now. I want you to see the parallels to this because each of us in this room, when you were born into this world, first off, everybody has fallen short of the glory of God. That the first sin, and, 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 and you were born of a, of, of a man and a woman, you came into this world, fallen short of his glory, and you deserve death, hell, and the grave. But Jesus, as we celebrated this morning, Jesus... If you have asked him into your heart and submitted and believed in him, that he has what we say you've been born again. You've been born again and you've been made new in the Lord. That now the old way, the old you, the old sin, the death that you deserve, the hell that you deserve. Right now, just give a little praise for giving some child noise in the house. Amen. That's signs of life right there. That's signs of life. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But that old you that deserved death and hell, 
was made new in Christ Jesus and you were born again and you were given a birthright. First chapter of John says that for as many as had received him to them, they might be called children of God, that they've been given the right to be called children of God. If you've accepted Jesus in your heart, you have a birthright on you now as a child, as an heir to Jesus. That's a birthright not to take lightly. That he has given you this identity in the Lord that is not defined by anything in man. So, so can I be a little countercultural for a minute? Because in this day and age, where all we see is news media that's full of junk, but social media that's full of this fakeness and will make you feel like, man, I don't have any real friends. I'm alone. These people all look happy. And, and you know what? I'm going through some hard times and, and, and I'm, I've got all this pressure on me and I've been stressed out and to the world it seems like I don't matter or I'm not important or I can't do this or that. Let me tell you something. You matter to the Lord. You are known by Him fully known by him and you are loved beyond what you could even imagine you are loved by him he says in Jeremiah talking about that before you were even formed in the womb I knew you I set you apart I set you apart ordained you to be a prophet so he, he had a purpose for you before you were even born God, God knew you God has a why for each one of us. We're on this journey to find our why. First off, I want to let you know that God has a why for you. That he has a purpose for your life. And, and, and that no one else can fill that spot. God has gifted you and equipped you just exactly how you're supposed to be. You are loved, you are known by God, and you matter. You are loved and you have this purpose. This, I love this verse and I wanted to bring this out. I've preached on this verse before, but in Isaiah 52, 7, it says this, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, Your God reigns. This, this verse is echoed in Romans 10, 15, but how beautiful are the feet that's bringing those good news. Can I tell it a different way? How beautiful are the feet of those who are living out their why? How beautiful are the feet that have submitted themselves to the Lord, understand the plan and the purpose that he has on and walk by faith with the Lord. How beautiful are the feet Turn to your neighbor beside you and say, I got some good, beautiful feet. <laughs> I got some beautiful feet. Oh, come on, let there be noise in the house. Amen. Some of you guys are giving a little elbow to the spouse and saying you got some stinky, beautiful feet. <laughs> but this, this is your calling. God has reborn you into his kingdom and has given you this birthright to be his child. And we need to understand the value that is in that.
Because Esau didn't understand the value of his birthright. That's why, that's why he sold it for a bowl of soup. That's why he got weary and he said, I'm about to die. What's my birthright to me? So we see these parallels, and I, and I want to mention these because if we sell out our why and we're not living that out, there is no telling what we're missing out with God. As Micah preached a couple weeks ago, in this house we could have the next Billy Graham and, 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 the, and the next great politician who follows biblical worldviews. Amen? Come on, we need some of that in the house. We could see the next great preacher, great singer, great teacher, the best door greeter the church has ever seen. You know, whatever your calling is, this, it's in this house. So we don't want to miss that. We don't want to sell out our why. But I want you to see the parallels here because there's, there's few things to take point on. First off, Esau came in from a very tired and weary day. Church, I'll tell you this. The enemy's going to start attacking you when you start to live out your why and you get a little tired and you get a little weary. That's the first moment he's going to come after you. He's not going to attack somebody who's not living out their why. If you're just being a dead on the inside and you're just a dead church, the enemy probably leave you alone. So the reason why I'm giving you this message today is because God is starting to do something in this house and, and bringing us to life and reviving us. So I'm, te- oh, come on. He's doing something in this house. He's giving us life. He is breathing on this church. Oh, come on. I lost my spoon. I lost my spoon. <laughs> he is breathing on this church. You know, want to know something? The first thing the enemy's going to do, he's going to start attacking you. When you're tired, when you're weary, when, when the flesh is weak, he's going to come after you. So that's the first thing that I notice here is that he came in, he probably had an unsuccessful hunt. He was probably a little beat up about that. You know, being a man's man, I can imagine. You know, he was like, oh man, I didn't get anything today. I'm just hungry. And actually, let me, let me pause for a moment. Can I talk to the men just for a minute? Because I think men, now hear me out. Sometimes we sell out our why because we want to be a man's man. Because we want to try to be this strong and do it myself and I'm rough and tough and I'm gonna put, I've got the, the, the word on my back and I can carry it and I can squat it. All right? We're not supposed to be a man's man. We're supposed to be God's man. We're supposed to be God's man. And true strength is not found in your mind. True strength is not found in your muscle. True strength is found when you submit your weakness to God, to who is strong and who is mighty. So don't be a man's man. Be a God's man. But that was a, that was a commercial break. Let me bring this back in. But, but we see him tired and weary, and, and then he gives it up. And then the next thing, what he gives into is this bowl of soup that's right in front of him. Now, this bowl of soup was comfortable. This bowl of soup probably had a good smell to it. And this bowl of soup brought some quick satisfaction his way. Church, the next thing that I want you to remember, don't give in to the quick satisfaction. We live in a day and age where we want everything quick as can be. Listen, last night was the first time probably in two years that me and my wife actually walked around the grocery store and got our food. We've been doing the whole pickup thing because we can go call them and just get it right then and there. We live in a world of instant gratification and we want everything now. Let me tell you, 
your timing is not always God's timing. And sometimes when you're living out your why, the enemy will try to give something that's familiar and comfortable to you. Maybe it's something from your past life and a, a sin that's easy to give into. I'll say this, it could be something that, it's just, it, it, it's something that even is good, but yet it's not what God called you to do, but it's easy for you. It's comfortable. And you say, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and take this bowl of soup. And right there, you just sold out what God was trying to do in your life. So he gave into something that was quick satisfaction, that, that, comforted, that comforted him quick. And then I wonder what his thoughts were afterwards. When we give in to that bowl of soup, whatever it might be, if it's sin, what happens is that sin is only pleasurable for a season. And then you get to that point where that sin is empty and you're thinking, oh, I'm still hungry. My soul is still hungry. It's not, it's not fulfilling my heart. It's not filling me up anymore. This is just a bowl of soup, and it's not what God designed me for. Or your bowl of soup is something, like I said, it's, it's something comfortable to you, not exactly what God called you to do. And, and let me expand on this a little bit. Your calling is not always what you like or what you're good at. God does not call you just because you're good at something, God calls you because he will live through you and make himself stronger and show the world how big he is. He constantly uses those that may not be good in an area or may be a little weak or struggle in this way just so that he can show how big he is. But yet the enemy will say, listen, it's, you, you don't need to prepare whatever it might be. You don't need to prepare that song or that sermon or, or try to sign up for kid men or teach. Why don't you just do this little bit of good? Get, maybe... Get a little post to Facebook every now and then. Give a little scripture on Facebook. That'll make you feel good. Get a few likes or something. That's comfortable. That's familiar. But yet God is saying, no, I'm calling you to something greater. This is not your why, and you don't need to be selling for a bowl of soup. You're worth more than a bowl of soup. Jesus Christ died for you. You are worth a whole lot to him. And he wants to live and move and breathe in you. We don't need to be selling our why. But I can imagine Esau, when he got hungry again, when he thought, man, that bowl of soup wasn't very good, I can imagine he was saying, boy, that was an expensive bowl of soup. Holy Spirit, bring some conviction in this house right now. I wonder when we get to the end and we've given in and we've sold out to that bowl of soup, sometimes I wonder if we would have stayed with God, what he could have done through us. But that's the past. Here's what I'll tell you this morning. Because every time, every time we do that, every time we sell out to this bowl of soup, you're devaluing yourself. You're letting the enemy say that you're just worth a bowl of soup. You're nothing. You're just a number. But God is saying you are so much more than that. You are so much more. You are loved, and he has a great plan for each one of our lives. He's equipped you, gifted you, 
you've got to live out that why. But here's what I'll say. An opportunity that Esau didn't have that we do. When Esau sold his birthright, that was it. I'm talking to the ones in the room who feel like they've sold out their why. That maybe you've got that sin that's easily ensnared you and you've given into that. And now you're thinking, I'm still hungry. I'm empty now. I still need the Lord. I'm talking to the Christians in the room who sold out their why for something that's comfortable and familiar. Maybe God has put a calling on your heart, but yet you're not walking in that calling, and so now you're just giving in to something that's easy. Don't sell out your why for that bull. But an opportunity that Esau didn't have is that we, through the blood of Jesus Christ, if we're caught up in sin, that we can come to him again and again. He said to ask for forgiveness over and over and over again. Keep coming to him. Keep coming to him. And you can take that bowl of sin and you say, you know what, God, I'm done with that. And I'm laying it down at the altar right now. I want what you have for me, Lord, not that bowl of soup. He tells us in Isaiah, for those who have given in to what is comfortable, familiar, and easy to us, and not exactly the calling that God has put on your life, he's told us that when we turn to the left or to the right, that we'll hear a voice from behind us saying that this is the way. If you find yourself eating a bowl of soup that's not designed for you, that's, that, that's not your purpose that God has called you to be, Today is the day you can take that bowl of soup and submit yourself before God saying, I'm, I don't want to eat the soup anymore, God. I want what you have for me. Stop eating the bowl of soup and give the bowl of soup at the foot of the cross and start getting what God has for your life. Take back your birthright. Live out your why. The worship team would come. I'd like us to stand right now. Let's pray together. God, your presence is here this morning. We have seen you all over the worship. And Lord, I see you all over this word. So, Father, I pray that you would start to penetrate the hearts of your people right now. Lord, that maybe they've sold out their why. Maybe they've given in to that sin. And they feel empty. Show them, God, how much you love them. How much you want to pour into them. Father, for the ones that's not living out their purpose. Lord, I pray right now that they would lay that down. They would give that up and they would take upon your plan, your purpose. Not our dreams, not our plans, God. For your ways are higher. God, today let us take our bowls of soup and lay them down at the altar. I sense the Lord on this. That there's hearts in this room that you're holding on tight to a bowl of soup understanding that it's not what God designed you for 
today is a day that you can get back on track living your why but you got to give up that bowl of soup I know we ask this from time to time but there is something special supernatural even when you get out of your seat and you begin to walk to the altar just as our scripture said how beautiful are the feet that are walking in their why I wonder right now if there's anybody who's holding on to that bolt and you want to give that thing up today for what God has designed you for right now just begin to step out of your out of your chair make your way to the front we're going to pray together but we're not eating this bowl of soup anymore we're not eating something that doesn't satisfy us that we're not called to do father move on on their hearts today move on our hearts god call us back to you call us back let us not be selling out for something so little, God, when you have designed us for so much. Right now, if you're feeling that call in your heart, you make your way to the front. Make your way. Don't leave this room still holding on to that bowl of soup. Don't leave this room without starting to walk out your why in the Lord. You are more than that. Through Jesus Christ, you are more than that bowl of soup. I'm going to begin to pray with these at the front. If I can have some prayer warriors come on up with me. The worship team is going to begin to sing. But now is a time where the Lord is calling out to you. Calling out, calling out, say, come back to me. I've got more for you. You make your way up here and we will pray over you and we will set these bowls down. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on, let's begin to pray, church. Hallelujah.
bring new wine out of me. Make me a vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. I came here with nothing, but all you have given me. Jesus, bring new wine out of me.
So I yield to you and to your careful hand. When I trust you, I don't need to understand. Make me a vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. I came here with Given me, Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Where there is new wine, there is new power, there is new freedom. The kingdom is here. I lay down my old place to carry your new vine today. like to pray over you one more time Lord let us be a people that live out our why in you who you call us to be not what we find that we like not what we find that we're good at but God that we just walk with you that you would equip us God that your blessing and your gifts would fall upon your people Father that we wouldn't sell out for anything less Jesus name we pray amen and amen can we celebrate the Lord for his word hallelujah hallelujah yeah praise God my goodness my goodness how many are grateful that God's moving in a mighty way in our lives Hallelujah. I want to make mention too that how proud I am of you as a congregation. So many of you are inviting friends and family members to come to church and you're here today. Some of you have come because of invitation and we certainly hope that the Lord has touched you and ministered in your life and we'd love for you to come back and be with us. But keep on Rodney Pike. 
sharing the word. Keep on sharing your witness. I'm hearing great reports of what God is doing uh, in the lives uh, as we're going out on the mission field, as we're going out in the world and sharing Jesus Christ at the workplace and at, at the store and with their families and their living rooms and all around. And so just keep doing that. Keep reaching out to people, not because we want a full church, it's because people need Jesus Christ. That's what matters. That's all, that's all that matters. I mean, people come to Christ. They may not come to this church. That'd be wonderful. They go to another church, but they'll serve the Lord. And it's all about the kingdom. It's not about the church. It's about the kingdom of God. So God bless you. And I just want to make that mention to you. I'm going to send Jennifer out of the room. No, uh, go to the info desk. Um, she's... Yes, she's going to get some new convert books that are under the offering plates. If you've been coming a few weeks and you feel like that you would like to just know about your Christian walk, has nothing to do with our church. It just has to do with getting yourself kind of involved in studying your Bible, praying. Right. If you want something like that, they're going to be out at the info desk, and you take one. And we hope we run out of them. Somebody say amen. Yes, yeah. Now, one more thing I want to tell the Rodney Pike people, and most especially the leadership team. Anybody who's prayed, you going to bring them up here? Yeah, let's come right here. Um, we're gonna, they're going to be right here. Um, come and get one, you guys. And so if you prayed and you kind of want to know about getting started in your 